Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. It's Friday, and that means we are gearing up for another Steelers game. This upcoming game is a dicey one. Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field. Pittsburgh will be heading there on Sunday for a 425 p.m. kickoff, and unless you live in the Denver area or the Baltimore area, you're not getting this game. Everyone else is. Uh, So, Good news for a lot of people that don't get to see the Steelers a lot. They'll get to see them play against Green Bay in Lambeau Field. Only the third time, I still find this hard to believe, only the third time that Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers have gone head-to-head. The one game was in 2009, that incredible walk-off win where Ben Roethlisberger hit Mike Wallace in the corner of the end zone. Game over. Of course, we all know the second time they played, that was Super Bowl forty-five. I don't want to talk about that. Don't bring it up. I don't know why I did, but that was the second time. So now it's going to be the third time, the rubber match. Who's going to win? Of course, of course, all the fans out there are like, oh, we know who's going to win. The Steelers stink. The Packers, oh, they're so great. Maybe not so much. Maybe there are some things the Steelers could do to actually win this game. And yes, maybe... The Steelers can actually win this game, regardless of what you think. And we're going to get into that. Before we get into that, I want to mention a couple things. First and foremost, you got to pay attention to our podcast platform coming up this afternoon. Friday afternoon, we are going to be debuting. Now, at noon on Fridays is when What Yin's Talking About airs, and it's a, it's an hysterical show. If you haven't listened, you got to check it out. And it's only on our podcast platform. And... Kyle Kreiss, who is the he's the main guy with Greg Benevit. Um, but Kyle is a very talented human being. He's funny. He's also a musician. He he wrote a song, and we're debuting this hit single. So it's going to be on the show. It's going to be on what Ian's talking about. But it's also we're going to take it. We're going to splice it. We're actually going to put it on our podcast platform as its own single. So I'm really excited for this. Brian Anthony Davis called me. He said, hey, we should do this. It's going to be exciting. I was like, okay, I'll pump it up on uh, on Let's Ride. So that's what we're doing. Uh, make sure you check that out. Also, make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe. So if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, which we know based on our data, that I think it's a whopping like 80% of our listeners Listen on Apple Podcasts. So if you find us there, you got, subscribe. We have so many new shows and new content coming out, whether it's my Injury Report podcast, our noon lineup, the morning lineup, our PM lineup. You don't want to miss any of it. So subscribe so that you'll get it automatically right there to your phone. If you're on Spotify, follow. Same with Pandora. You don't want to miss a thing. Okay, so it's Friday. It's Friday, and that means that the Steelers are gearing up for another game, and this also means that I, Jeff Hartman, am going to deliver you some keys for the Steelers to win. Now, what I like to do, I'm not sure why I like to do this, I like to go back, and I like to think about or look at, because I write these notes down, what were the keys to last week's game, win or lose, did they come to fruition. In other words, did the Steelers do this? Did they accomplish these tasks? If not, how did it go? So we know that last week the Steelers were losers 24 to 10 to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Here were my goals last week for the Steelers. Number one, 
on offense. Be creative. There was some creativity. I'll put it there. So before I do the you know the X, um, it, there was some creativity, but it was not enough. I don't think anyone that watched the game would say it was enough. But okay, so be creative. Number two, balance. They threw the ball. I think what fifty eight times. And I think Najee Harris had 14 carries. That's not balance. That's not balance. And this game got out of hand from a balance perspective early. And then lastly, you got to hit on the big play. Again, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. It was a game full of checkdowns, a game full of screens, a game full of let's just take what the defense gives to us and not dictate to the defense what they're going to do. So those were the offensive goals. Now, injuries, I did talk about that, and that, that played, a, played a big role. Remember last Friday, T.J. Watt hadn't been ruled out yet, and so that, that changed a lot. But on defense, I said, you got to cause chaos. <clears throat> zero quarterback hits, zero sacks. Joe Burrow got hit once. It was a flag, so it didn't even count as a QB hit. It was literally, it, it looked easy for Joe Burrow. He only had to throw the ball, I think, maybe 14, 18 times, somewhere in that range, and they still won, and they scored 24 points. Next was turnovers. They did get a turnover. Terrell Edmonds got an interception, but ultimately they lost the turnover battle, so not good enough. And last, the last key that I had was stop the run, and I don't think they did that very well either. Joe Mixon had some really big runs on the Steelers last week. So now let's fast forward to this week. What do the Steelers have to do on offense? We always start there. You have to start there, in my opinion. That's, that is the biggest concern for Steeler fans is their offense. Number one, protect the flipping football. All right, ben Roethlisberger threw two picks last week, the second being one of the worst of his career. And yes, I do mean the worst of his career. They need to protect the ball. There, there's really nothing else for me to say. You just have to protect the ball. Don't turn the ball over. But I will say this, because I'm a man of many words. You can't play scared either. Ben Roethlisberger has been known when he's turning the ball over maybe more so than he wants, to get a little gun-shy. For a gunslinger to get gun-shy seems kind of uh, hysterical to me, but that that's what it feels like. He can't play scared. He has to be able to push the ball down the field, and the offensive line has to hold up. Next, run the rock. My goodness, you, you Najee Harris, you can see it. Every time he has the ball in his hands, he's dynamic. He's a playmaker. Get that offensive line going. So Joe Haig's probably going to get the start at right tackle, and I'm pretty sure that he graded out in the preseason as the best run blocker the Steelers had on the offensive line. Run the rock. Like, let's seriously, let's get the run game going. I feel like the Steelers could do that against the Packers. We'll see. And lastly, creativity is a must. And I'm talking about let's see some trick plays. The offense is bad. They're not moving the ball. Where's that reverse? And I'm not talking about an end around. Where's the reverse? Where's a double reverse? Where's a flea flicker? Where's a halfback pass? Can Najee Harris throw the ball? Let's find out. I'm sorry, but when things are so mundane and they're so blah and nothing's working, sometimes you have to get creative. And yes, I'm talking about a trick play here or there. When I think about some of the the better years in terms of creativity, I think back to Mike Malarkey and even Ken Wisenhunt. They were not scared to throw a trick play into the game at moments where you really weren't expecting it, whether it was an Antoine Randall pass or a Heinz Ward throw, or and it was early in Heinz's career. But I mean, they, they would. I remember Jerome Bettis throwing a touchdown pass in Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. These were plays that were kind of you almost expected to have a trick play here or that. I cannot remember the last time the Steelers ran a trick play. You got to be creative. 
Now let's go to the defensive side of the ball. On defense, you have to harass Aaron Rodgers, and this all comes down to T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith because Alex Highsmith has been limited both days. T.J. Watt was limited on Wednesday and was a full participant on Thursday. If they can get that trio back, Melvin Ingram, Alex Highsmith, and T.J. Watt, even if T.J. Watt and, and Melvin Ingram get the majority of the snaps and Highsmith only comes in sparingly, that's okay. If Highsmith can do that, they're going to be just fine, and they should be able to harass Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay offensive line is good, but you can get to Aaron Rodgers. You can rattle Aaron Rodgers. People forget this, that the Green Bay Packers have had duds, not just in the past. This season, week one, they were embarrassed by the New Orleans Saints. So don't think for a second that just because they've won the last two games that they're all of a sudden these world beaters. Don't buy into the mainstream narrative that all of a sudden because they've won two games, last week they had to come from behind and kick a field goal in regulation to beat the 49ers. Don't think for a second that all of a sudden, oops, Super Bowl, they weren't saying that after week one. Keep that in the back of your mind. Lastly, shove the run. You have to stop the run. And so stopping, whether it's Jones or anyone else running the football or even Aaron Rodgers, you have to stop the run. You have to make sure that you make the the Green Bay Packers one-dimensional, get them in favorable down and distances. That doesn't mean that if you get Aaron Rodgers done a third and ten that you know, oh, we've got him right where we want him. He's still a phenomenal quarterback, but you like your odds better at third and ten than you do a third and three or third and four. And lastly, take it away. Win the t- turnover battle. If you can be on the plus side of the differential, you have a legitimate shot at winning this football game. Come out on the negative, and I would almost guarantee a loss. I would almost guarantee it if the Steelers turn it over more than they take it away. So let's go over these keys to victory again. On offense, protect the football. Run the rock. Creativity is a must. On defense, harass Aaron Rodgers. Shove the run and take the football away. I swear, each week, it has gotten more and more basic. And it's the God's honest truth. It is that basic for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. If they get everyone back and healthy, so if Deontay Johnson comes back, he was a full participant on Thursday. If he comes back and is healthy, and if Juju Smith-Schuster is able to play with his ribs in, rib injury, and you get T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith back. Now, a concern is that Chase Claypool left practice Thursday with a hamstring. How's that going to go? Is is he going to be able to play? I don't know. If there's a position where they can handle that depth, it's wide receiver. It's wide receiver. You, you could throw James Washington into that role, and I think they would be just fine. But still, getting some of these players back and then just putting together a few drives. Everyone always says, you got to take it game by game. You got No, I feel like the Steelers offensively need to take it drive by drive. Drive by drive. Let's have a good drive. Let's string together some first downs. Let's get in field goal range, get into the red zone, and then let's finish it off with a touchdown. That's literally what the Steelers have to do. Well, you know what? There's a lot more to talk about with this game, with the Steelers, and I'm going to be bringing on everyone's favorite deputy editor at Behind the Steel Curtain, Blue Check Beck. Michael Beck will be joining me right after this break. We're going to talk about the Steelers, Michael's hatred for the team now. (laughs) Maybe not hate. It's a little strong. Uh, But then we're going to do our NFL game picks, and stay tuned because I have a very special heart-to-heart at the end of this episode. So we'll be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. 
right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's the second segment of the Friday show. You know what that means. Blue check back. Coach Michael Beck joins us. Coach, welcome to the show. Please tell us you got your first win this past week. <laughs> I'm going to have to disappoint everyone. No, we, we <laughs> lost again. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Tell me there's a W on the schedule coming up soon. All right. Well, uh, we, we're in the middle of back-to-back bye weeks, actually, the way the schedule worked out. So uh, uh, we'll be back in action in, uh, well, I guess, two weeks' time from, from this coming Saturday. So uh, ho- hopefully some positive news to report uh, when we get there. All right. Yeah, hey, the bye came at a good time for you guys. I feel like that's that's true, that you guys you needed that bye week big time. But you know who could use a bye week are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're not going to get their bye week until week seven. That is unless the NFL's screws around with them again but anyways michael i want to hear it from your mouth okay i want i follow you on twitter obviously we always <laughs> are joking around on twitter and we always send gifts back and forth and it's a lot of fun i do have fun doing that but you think this team is lousy and they're just going to tank it don't you you don't think they're going to win very many games i think i, I honestly want to hear you say it because it's the way it comes off First of all, you use the word tank. The Pittsburgh Steelers will never Okay, tank. but they're not going to tank. I want to get that out of the way. But they're going to lose more games than they win. This is going to be an awful season and get ready for the yeah. 2022 draft. Am I right? That's the gist you're saying. I don't believe that, but that's what you believe. As we sit here right now, I, I'm definitely starting to mentally prepare myself for a Pittsburgh Steelers team that has less wins than it does have losses. Yes. Okay. I'm just glad you said it. Just get it out there in the open. I mean, you're, you're, you're calling on... Uh, the Steelers brass to go out and bring, I don't know who you're going to bring in Sean Spence. I mean, that's what I feel like you want to do. <laughs> you're, you want a guy off the couch that's going to come in and save the day. I don't think that's the, that's not going to happen. Number one, but number two, it, let, let's, let's talk change. Okay. Sure. This season, there's still 14 games, whether we like it or not, whether we're looking forward to it or not. I know I am. I know there's a lot of Steeler fans that are just dreading it after the last two weeks, but still, what are some actual changes you could see that could benefit this team moving forward? Getting Zach Banner healthy. <laughs> that's, okay. a, that's a pretty big one. Um, it, it's, it's just so tough to say because they're kind of at a point where there isn't a whole lot of changes to be made. Um, I, I suppose when it comes to game planning situations, they could uh, try to just kind of dial things back a bit into a sense where, they just play and try to win ugly football games. I think really that's where this team is. Uh, just play great defense, limit the other team's ability to score, grind the clock on offense, which requires uh, run blocking a little bit better than what we've had. But uh, winning games uh, that are traditional stinkers, like those 17-13 games, those those 12-9 to field goal affairs, they have to be able to win games like that. You're right. I do think getting some injured players back is going to help. And we don't know when Stefan to is going to return. Uh, there are some people that are saying it's looking like November. If he even gets the clock started, his 21 day clock started soon. Um, we don't know how severe that knee injury is, or if it's even more than that with the fact, the fact of his brother passing in that tragic accident, but he would be a, a big welcome help without Tyson Alu Alu. He would be welcome back for sure. You talk about Zach Banner and then, uh, let me ask you this, though. Speaking about this week, not looking too far ahead. Chooks of core four, I'll go on record right now because the injury report came out on Thursday. He has missed the last two practices with a concussion. Anyone that's gone through the concussion training that knows a concussion protocol knows he is not going to play this week uh, just because he has not practiced. That's a part of the process. And Joe Haig is going to start at right tackle. 
Now I know that Joe Hague, he's been the butt of a lot of jokes with Steeler fans, but if there's one thing that guy can do, it's run block. But Michael, is there any way that we could see an improvement in any area with Joe Hague at right tackle, or should we just buckle up and get ready for disaster? Uh, it, it's tough because if we're being fair, Chukes Okorafor hasn't, he, he's been streaky. That's a, probably a good way to put it, uh, playing at that right spot. But perhaps there, there might, uh, there, there could be some stretches where he plays a little bit better. He struggled a lot last year as a swing tackle for the Buccaneers. Uh, this is more of that traditional spot. So I, I'm not super high on, on this matchup, but thankfully the Packers don't have the, like this unbelievable pass rusher that we have to be scared of. So if it was going to happen, at least it's in a game where we're not facing a Miles Garrett or someone that could really eat our lunch on the field. So it's kind of a it's kind of coming with some decent timing. I guess the unfortunate thing is uh, for the draft nuts out there, the more Joe Haig plays, the less likely it is the Steelers get uh, one of those comp picks back. So just one of those things to keep in the back of your mind. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Good, good, good job of bringing that up. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, let me ask you this question. Just give me a number. How many turnovers or let me see, how many takeaways are they going to need to win the game on Sunday, in your opinion? I, I think if the turnover differential is plus two in the Steelers' favor, uh, that's what it's going to take to win the game. They need a, a pair of short fields at least for the Steelers' offense to put some points on the board. So I'm going to say a differential of two, whether or not that's two nothing or three one or however that uh, kind of a, ends up being. Uh, the Steelers just need to uh, have a couple more than what the Packers get off the Steelers. I like that plus two. I was going to say they're going to need three, and that's assuming that they're going to turn it over at least once as well. Uh, let me ask you another question, Michael. I read this article from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on, uh, let's see here, Thursday, and it was all about Roethlisberger's comments about the slow starts. And I've listened to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek. If you haven't listened to it, anyone out there listening, go and check it out. And, and David mentioned this statistic, and I, I reached out to him on Slack and said, hey, what was that stat again? The Steelers haven't scored an offensive point in the first quarter since week 10 of last year against Cincinnati. They had two field goals and a touchdown, and they went for two and failed. And so they ended up obviously putting, I think, 12 points in that quarter. The only other time they scored points in the first quarter was against Baltimore at Heinz Field, and that was a Joe Hayden pick six. That's unbelievable to me. Like my, That is mind-boggling statistic that it's been that bad. If you're the offensive coordinator, so you're Matt Canada, what are you doing differently with the Steelers' offense to get them going a little – get them at least threatening points in the first quarter – and that's not even just the opening drive. That's just the first quarter. Like that, I want to make sure that's very clear for the listeners out there. I did not say the first drive they haven't gotten points. It's the first quarter they haven't scored points since week 10 of last season. That's unbelievable, but go ahead. That is a pretty tough question. Like the slow starts have plagued the Steelers for what feels like three to four years now. First and foremost, Houston needs to tell Ben Roethlisberger, you need to throw the intermediate routes and you need to start throwing stuff over the middle of the field. And if you can't do it, then that's that's a huge part of the, the game, especially today's modern NFL. Ben has to be able to do it. And for whatever reason, uh, early this year, late last year, it, it just hasn't been a thing, which is kind of mind-boggling to like watching the modern style of the game being played. It, it's a fast that's not in the Steelers' offense at all. And that's kind of the bread and butter of most NFL, even collegiate offenses, is the intermediate stuff and then the stuff deep over the middle, those post routes, uh, those seams, what have you, uh, deep digs, whatever it is, 
it's just not in the Steelers' offense. They need to be able to work the middle of middle of the field, get some chunk yardage. The Steelers, what I would say, they need like a big play to try to spark this offense early in games because it just hasn't been happening. They need something that's a 20 plus gainer. And the way that they've kind of been running stuff, these run plays where Najee Harris isn't getting blocking or uh, those kind of screen passes or the checkdowns that are kind of the bread and butter of the first couple drives for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not cutting it Uh, right now. They're kind of dependent on someone making three, four guys miss uh, for a big play. Uh, They just need to let someone go up grab a jump ball or just put them in a position where they could at least uh, start getting some momentum for this offense. So until that happens, I I think we're going to continue to see this team struggle uh, and slowly warm up in a game. So they need something to just completely get them off the starting gates and uh, headed in a positive direction. And I think that's a big play. I'm going to say two words, trick play. Like, do something creative. You know what I mean? I mean, that yeah. is it. we have an article that's going to run on Friday from our own Kevin Smith. He's, they're going to have to get creative to get the offense going. I mean, it's been a long time. It doesn't have to be like super trickeration, double reverse pass or anything like that, but you know, run a reverse or two. You get the defense on their, on their heels a little bit so they can't just attack all the time. But that's just my own thoughts. I'll save this for later. But I, I have one more question before we get to our NFL picks. Does Najee Harris rush for 100 yards this season in any game? And if so, when do you think it happens? Oh, that <laughs> that's a really hard question, considering what we've seen through three weeks. Uh, obviously, the early point of the season is kind of fool's gold in, in a sense of drawing conclusions, even though I've been all about uh, those uh, those those uh, damning uh, accusations of the team already. But uh <laughs> Really, really looking at Najee Harris and this offensive line, it's it's hard to fathom him having a hundred yard game unless he rips like an eighty yard. That, to yeah. me, that that's what it feels like. It would need to have happen. If that happens, then yeah, he, he better have a hundred yards if he can rip a full a full field uh, rush for a score. But uh, the way it's shaping out, uh, unless Zach Banner can really spark this offensive line, I I, I could see a lot more games that what we kind of saw him uh, perform against the the Bengals where he's more likely to go over a hundred receiving than he is rushing. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I don't think green Bay's defense is all that great. I think this is a strength versus strength matchup, which the green Bay offense versus the Pittsburgh defense. I don't think the green Bay defense is like world beaters in any, any stretch. And I was very uh, happy with some of the runs that Najee Harris had, even though some of them were called back many for very bogus holding calls and things of that nature. But still that there was, I was like, wow, like there is some hope there. I I can see where players and coaches would kind of lean on that. We'll see if it happens. I'm not predicting it to happen, at least not yet anyways, but all right. Are you ready for some game picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're in week four. Let's start off at the one o'clock slate. The Washington football team travels to the Atlanta Falcons. Washington is giving one and a half on the road. This is a dud of the week. I bet. Uh, Who do you like in this one? In uh, this first game between the, the football team and the Falcons? Yeah, isn't that the first pick? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I was looking at the Thursday nighter, which, of course, uh, by the time uh, we <laughs> exactly, we're, we're yeah. get to this. Uh, <laughs> so I, I still like Washington minus a point and a half. Uh, the Falcons are a team that uh, are definitely going to be in the bottom of the league throughout this entire season. Uh, Heineke season? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, what Washington's done at the early point in this year, but I still think they get this this W. I will take Washington giving one and a half as well. Let's go to the next game. The Houston Texans travel to Buffalo. 
Uh, Houston, holy cow, is getting 16 and a half points. These huge spreads. Buffalo has looked great after that week one loss to Pittsburgh. Who do you like in this one? Oh, man, this is a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, But the Texans are not very good. And the Bills hung a, a, a few points last week, we, we can say, against the, what, the Miami Dolphins there. Uh, I, I still like Buffalo. It, it pains me to give up this many points. But I, I think the Bills, they, they pull it off. I, I think they win by three scores, three touchdowns at least. So the Bills minus 16 and a half. It, it feels painful, but I, I feel like they still pull it off. Houston, even without Tyrod Taylor, has been very competitive. I think they're going to lose the game straight up, but I think they keep it within 16 and a half. I'll take the Texans getting 16 and a half in this game. The Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears NFC North matchup still at one o'clock on Sunday. This is in Chicago. Detroit's getting two and a half. What do you think about this one? I think this is the Lions' first one of the year. The Lions have been in games with everyone. Uh, they nearly took down the Baltimore Ravens if it wasn't for the flukiest kick ever. Uh, we won't talk about that because I'll start uh, getting cold sweats. But <laughs> anywho, uh, I, I think Dan Campbell has these guys playing well. Uh, the Bears did not look very good the last couple weeks, even with Justin Fields on the field. Uh, so give me Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions plus two and a half. I think they pull off the upset in this one. I like the Detroit Lions. Maybe they don't win it straight up, but I like them getting points here. It's a divisional game, and the Bears' offense was historically bad last week. I can't imagine it gets that much better. And like you said, Detroit's playing tough. I'll take Detroit getting two and a half. The Carolina Panthers undefeated Carolina Panthers going to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas coming off that Monday night win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Carolina is getting four and a half on the road in Jerry World. Who do you like in this NFC showdown? Man, the Panthers are playing some good football. They traded for C.J. Henderson. Things are trending in a pretty good direction for them. Sam Darnold has been playing very well. And uh, I know that was the the, the trade that some Steelers fans wanted. A lot didn't, but (laughs) look at how he's playing right now. Yeah, Give me the Panthers plus four and a half. Uh, They're on fire to start the year. The extra points. I I just like Carolina with with an extra four and a half in their back pocket. With four and a half points, I will take the, the Panthers with the points, but I don't think they win it straight up. If they had McCaffrey, it would be different. They don't. They're on the road. I think Dallas wins the game, but I think Carolina keeps it close. Give me the Carolina Panthers getting four and a half. Still one o'clock, the Indianapolis Colts go to the Tua less Miami Dolphins. I believe Tua was placed on injured reserves. So they'll be without him for at least three weeks. The Colts, they're one of those teams that definitely has a lot of people scratching their heads. Indy's getting two and a half on the road in this AFC matchup. Who do you like? I think Indy gets their uh, their victory here. Um, I don't really like how the Dolphins were kind of set up to begin with, and they don't have their quarterback. Give me the Colts finally uh, getting a, a little bit more done against a team that isn't uh, quite set up as good as they, they probably should have been at this point. So give me the Colts uh, and the extra points. I agree with you. I'll take the Colts in two and a half. If Tua was playing, it might be a little different, but he's not. I like the Colts to win that game. Okay. Cleveland Browns going to the Minnesota Vikings. The Cleveland Browns are giving two and a half on the road. Minnesota coming off of a win last week, Cleveland, they're a red hot team as well. I know who you want to win, but who do you think will win? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. I want to tell you the Minnesota Vikings. That win was impressive last week over Seattle, but I have a feeling that the Browns are going to start getting on a little bit of a roll here. Their defense looked really good a week ago. Uh, I think the Browns continue their winning ways. Two and a half points. Uh, I think that's uh, that's more than enough for Cleveland to overcome. I think the Browns get the, get the job done uh, against the Minnesota Vikings minus two and a half. 
We're agreeing way too much. I like the <laughs> Browns giving two and a half. Let's go to the still one o'clock. New York Giants go down to the New Orleans Saints. And this is another game you're thinking, boy, this has to be tough to watch. The Giants, uh, they're struggling. The Giants are actually getting seven and a half points in this game. That that number seems pretty low for me. But New Orleans coming off of a couple rough uh, games. What do you think about this NFC game? I, to me, it really comes down to what uh, face of Jameis Winston are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy that's uh, just dialed in, throwing touchdown passes, or the one that seems lost on the field, throwing interceptions? Uh, I, I'm just going to roll the dice on this one. I think the Giants plus seven and a half is just enough to cover. I think the Saints win this one no matter what, but I think it could be a stinker. Like you said, it could be an ugly football game. I think the Saints win, but the Giants cover. I'm going to go with the Saints to win and to cover the seven and a half. I think they'll kind of bounce back and have a, a pretty dominant performance. I'll take the Saints giving seven and a half. Uh, Tennessee going to the New York Jets. Uh, Tennessee seems to be getting their ship righted. And so here we are. Tennessee's giving six and a half points on the road in the Big Apple. Actually, it's New Jersey, but whatever. So who do you like in this AFC matchup? Uh, looks like the Titans are going to be out. Uh, both their star receivers and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the injury report. So that is something to watch, but still the Jets stink. Uh, Zach Wilson has not looked good. Uh, they're missing a lot of pieces all over their defense and all over their offense, really. I think uh, I think the Titans get the job done here and uh, can do it giving up six and a half points. Give me the Titans. I agree. Six and a half points seems pretty low. I'll take the Titans by winning by at least a touchdown, so take the Titans giving the points. The Kansas City Chiefs, who thought they'd be one and two, but they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Kansas City's giving six and a half to the Eagles. This one, to me, feels like a no-brainer, but the Chiefs have struggled. What do you think? Yeah, to me, I think this is an overreaction from uh, everyone watching the Chiefs the, the last, well, really the, the full three weeks of season, barely getting past the Browns and then uh, losing to the Ravens and uh, losing again last week. I, I think uh, the Chiefs take care of business. The Eagles aren't a very good team. I Honestly, I, I think an angry Chiefs team uh, rolls the score up uh, a lot higher than six and a half point difference. Give me the Chiefs uh, minus six and a half. I would like the Chiefs as well. You, you think this might be a, a get right game for them. So I'll take the Chiefs to win by at least a touchdown. 405 on Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals and the LA Rams. This should be an exciting game to watch. I know that you love the Rams, but the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray are equally as fun to watch. Arizona is getting four and a half on the road in LA. What do you think about this NFC West matchup? Until the Rams stop dominating teams, uh, they were able to hang a lot over the Buccaneers and really look like the class of the NFL. I'm not picking against them. Uh, Rams minus four and a half. This offense is just too high powered. They got those star players on defense. Give me the Rams uh, minus four and a half. Kyler Murray's that little water bug. You just can't get him. You think he got him and he's, he gets away from you and he's making plays down the field. I like the Cardinals to win with the points, giving getting four and a half. I think they keep it close. They might not win straight up, but I'll take the Cardinals getting four and a half here. The Seattle Seahawks, this is at 405 as well. They go to San Francisco, another NFC West matchup. Seattle is getting two and a half as they head down to the Bay Area. What do you think about this one? I, I think this could be a fun little matchup, to be honest with you. Uh, but I still think the Niners roster is, is deeper and stronger across the board than the Seahawks. So I like the San Fran minus two and a half. Uh, they probably win by a little bit more than that, in my opinion, maybe by uh, maybe by a touchdown. But uh, I think this could be a fun game to watch uh, between those NFC West rivals. Give me the 49ers minus two and a half. 
I agree with you 100%. San Francisco giving two and a half. Book it. The Baltimore Ravens and Denver Broncos. This is one of the matchups no one's really talking about, but should be. This could be a great game to watch. 425 kickoff. Baltimore's in Denver. The Baltimore Ravens, the latest line I've seen, are just getting a half a point. Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday for the Ravens with the back injury. Not sure what his status will be. Denver's red hot. They're 3-0. and No one expected that. What do you think about this AFC showdown? Well, it comes down to how few points the Denver defense can hold up uh, against Baltimore. They are, they are good. They are really good. Von Miller, of course, is the AFC's Defensive Player of the Month. Uh, so could they do it? I think so. But like you said, this game's essentially a pick em. I think Baltimore still pulls it off and, uh, and keeps pace with Cleveland, the, the top of the division here. Uh, so give me the Baltimore Ravens uh, plus a half point, which is essentially nothing. But uh, yeah, give me Baltimore. Yeah, unless Lamar Jackson leaves the game with injury, I like the Ravens on the road to win this game. But if Denver wins, I wouldn't be stunned. And then obviously they go to Pittsburgh right after that in week five. Uh, let's go to Sunday night football game that everyone's talking about. I'm so sick and tired of this matchup already. Uh, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to New England to play Bill Belichick and the Patriots. The Patriots are getting six and a half points at home. What do you think about this Belichick versus Brady game? Uh, yeah, you know what? It made me sick about hearing people talk about it, but I'm pretty excited to watch it personally. Uh, honestly, I could see Tom Brady really want to just hang a big number over the Patriots. I got a feeling Tom Brady leads this Buccaneers team into uh, New England, into Foxborough, and just hangs a huge number against the, the Patriots and really, really shows the world who's boss. Because I feel like that's something that would be important to Tom Brady. Uh, give me the Buccaneers minus six and a half, and I feel like it's going to be a whole lot more than that. I'm going to take the Patriots. Actually, get give. I'm getting six and a half. Um, I I like him at home. I think Belichick has the same fire to prove himself against Brady. Uh, we'll see. I, I think the the New England defense is pretty good, and Tampa Bay's defense is just kind of meandering their way through the season so far. So we'll see. Let's go Monday Night Football. The L, that man, see, these are some good matchups in primetime. The Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers coming off of their big win against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. The Vegas Raiders are getting three and a half on the road. What do you think about this one, Michael? I think this is where the Raiders pick up their first loss of the season. I really like how this Chargers team has been assembled quietly, uh, one of the better rosters in the FC. I, I think this is a team that is kind of a a, sleep, a sleeper pick uh, to make a, a deep playoff run right now. Uh, they look pretty good. They're starting to get it together. I think they beat the Raiders. They hand them their first loss, and uh, and they do it giving three and a half points. I might agree with you straight up, but I think the Raiders cover the three and a half points. I'll take the Raiders getting three and a half points on the road. I think the Raiders are a lot better than a lot of people think. Okay, let's go to the game everyone wants to talk about. Maybe they don't after last week, but still – the Steelers going to Green Bay Lambeau Field. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting six and a half points. That was the latest spread. Came down from seven earlier in the week. No one's not really sure about that. Maybe it was TJ Watt was back to practice or who knows. Uh, Michael, what is your prediction for the game? How do you see it shaking out? And do the Steelers have any shot here? Yeah, my prediction on Know Your Enemy, the exact score, I was giving Green Bay 24 and the Steelers 13. And, until they can prove to me they can score, uh, I, have, I have a hard time giving the Steelers more points than, than two touchdowns that it, it, they haven't been able to move the ball. And <laughs> that's a pretty big thing. Uh, you're relying on your defense to give you amazing field position right now. And I, I don't know how many times they can do it. And when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to get his at some point. 
Devontae Adams is a beast. You got to slow Aaron Jones. There's some other receivers around that uh, when the ball's thrown their way, they're coming down with it. So uh, right now, until the Steelers can prove me wrong, I'm going to have to go with the, the Packers uh, giving those six and a half points. If TJ Watt doesn't play, then this my whole prediction changes. But right now, he went from limited to full participant on Thursday. Barring a setback, he should be on the field. And so I keep on telling myself this. No one thought they were going to go to Buffalo and win either. And if you, this is without the week two and week three losses to the Raiders and to the Bengals. No one gave them a chance, and they had to find a unique way of winning. They had to get turnovers. They had a special teams touchdown. It's going to require that kind of effort. But if they can do it there, they can do it here. We've seen the Packers struggle. In week one, they got blown out. Aaron Rodgers, I know this because I've started him on my fantasy team more than once, and he has had absolute stinkers. He is capable of having a really bad game. The Steelers' defense is the type of defense that could cause some issues. I actually believe that the Steelers are going to win this trade up. Why? Because I always pick the Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers 24 to 20, and it's going to be a Ben Roethlisberger touchdown pass that's going to do it. So um, I think that this is a game, maybe it's, it's crazy to think. They've only played each other, Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger, two times. In 2009 was the legendary game with the, the walk-off touchdown to Mike Wallace. Uh, with no time remaining. And then obviously the other was Super Bowl 45. But I, I just think the Steelers team is not just going to crawl, go into a hole and die. There's too much pride in this group. There's too much talent. I think they just have to get it together. I think that starts, if they lose this game, I'm not going to be shocked, but I do hope for a better performance. So we shall see. All right, Michael, any final thoughts before we go? If the Steelers are going to win this Sunday, TJ Watt is going to have a ridiculous stat line. Uh, honestly, I feel like it, a lot of it comes down on his shoulder. So my closing thoughts, if TJ Watt's in the lineup, uh, something Jeffrey and I also talked about a lot on Know Your Enemy, it, perhaps the only opportunity he may ever get in his career to play in his native Wisconsin in a professional football game. Uh, this, this is a great week for TJ, TJ Watt to have a, a career day. So if he can do that, I, that's the way the Steelers are victorious. They held him out of last week for a reason, and it was so he could be at full strength this week. I expect TJ Watt to go off. But anyways, Michael, thank you for your time. Make sure you check him out on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. Michael, you have a bye week, but not for the website, so get your rest. (laughs) We'll be talking soon. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, my pleasure as always, Jeff. Thanks. All right, Steeler fans, and a big thank you as always to Michael Beck, Blue Check Beck, for joining us every Friday to not only do the game picks, but to talk about the Steelers and give his his take on things. It's always appreciated. It's always I'm always very appreciative that he takes the time to do it. He doesn't have to do that, but he does. Okay, a little heart-to-heart to finish up the show today. This stems around my prediction. Now, if you just listened, when Michael and I did our game picks, I predicted the Steelers to win 24-20, to and I'm sure... There are a lot of you listeners out there that are driving in your car, on the treadmill, and you're rolling your eyes saying, oh, here we go. Homer Jeff's out. Well, number one, I've never denied being a homer. But I'm going to be more specific. I'm an optimist. I am an optimist. And I feel like I'm at a meeting. Hi, my name's Jeff, and I'm an optimist. And then you all are supposed to say, hi, Jeff. I'm an optimist, and optimists always see the possibilities is being endless. So it's it literally is a situation where glass half full, glass half empty. I see it as half full all the time. I look at the Steelers and I see a team that has so much talent on offense and defense. And I think about 
if but they just if they can just put it together. See, I see it as that they could and will eventually put it together. The pessimist sees it the other way. There's a lack of talent at certain positions, and they're never going to put it together. Well, I'm an optimist, people. And so I see this team, and I think, look at this defense. They're getting healthy. They're getting after it. TJ Watt's playing in Wisconsin. He's going to be just jacked up beyond belief on offense. Could could this be the game that they get Najee Harris going, that Ben Roethlisberger looks to finally calm himself down? I'm an optimist. I see that as happening. But you know what else helps my optimism is week one. No one, and I said this on Wednesday, I'll say it again, no one picked the Steelers to win in Buffalo. Now, I did, but I pick them every week. No one thought they could go into Buffalo and win that game. And they found a way to win. That's what's going to have to happen on Sunday, folks. They're going to have to go in there and find a way to win. They're going to have to rely on their defense to be just absolutely relentless when it comes to getting after the quarterback. They are going to have to make timely plays on offense, and they're going to have to get a big play from someone. In Buffalo, it was special teams when Miles Killebrew had the blocked punt and UG3 scooped and scored. Something significant is going to have to happen for them to win this game. But again, hi, I'm Jeff. I'm an optimist. I think it will. I think it can. That's why I predict them to win. And so everyone might always say, well, here goes Jeff. He's a homer. I've never denied it. I am a homer. But never want to be anything else. All right, folks, that does it for me. I hope you enjoyed this show because I enjoyed this show. Make sure you check out what Ian's talking about in that new single that's coming out. You'll, it's funny. It's good. You'll, you'll really enjoy it. And honestly, make sure you check out the postgame show. I'm actually not going to be doing the postgame show this week. It's a late game, so I have to be getting my Let's Ride podcast ready the next day. have to be doing a lot of stuff on the editorial side for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So you won't hear me on the postgame show, but you'll get all my thoughts on my Monday Let's Ride, which runs at 9 a.m. Eastern time, the day after a game, so make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as always, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you on Sunday. Go Steelers. We got this. <laughs>